8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. And I can tell you that tomorrow's uh, big hitter, we, we're going another younger person, Seasway and Paul Walsh will be the, uh, the big hitter for tomorrow. Clearly big thoughts in terms of understanding the, the young voices in South Africa. Very, very important in terms of where he goes. Okay, So podcast of Tasneem Fredericks, the deputy president of uh, the Black Management Forum, will, up, will be up tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. I did mention Canton Palais, the discussion yesterday, the new chair of the capitalist or the chair of the new capitalist party uh, is already up. And the same with the discussion we had yesterday with uh, the second big eater, And that is now um, not a public protector, but let's call her Professor Tuli Madoncella is also up on the SAFM website, so check it out, safm.co.za. So we were talking about excellence and black excellence and why we shouldn't even use the word black excellence because it suggests that it's not normal. Um, and I said, well, we've got a guest who may well be black or happens to be, but the issue of excellence is important. And that's certainly something that I think is that the place that I want to be in terms of that South Africa must deliver excellence or champions in every aspect of our lives. So... In that case, what we're doing now at The Big Picture is talking to someone who's been quite excellent in the last few days in terms of what she's done. And then I'm talking about the uh, professor at the University of KwaZulu-Natal, in fact, the, the Dean of Clinical Medicine. That's uh, Professor Moza Dlova. Thank you for your time and uh, thank you for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, Asaf, and good evening to listeners. And, and, and very much a case of, of well done. I haven't even said what you've done, but well done. Social media absolutely singing your praises, and deservedly so. Uh, I think it gives us great pride as South Africans. Uh, and this is the point that I want to make. When, when people within our country, whoever they are, are able to, to impact not just in this country, but the, the studies and their research would impact on the global stage. And we did the same thing with a professor who delivered that first middle year art, uh, transplant, uh, 3D transplant a few days ago. So that's fantastic. So, so let's just go back. Your, your breakthrough in terms of hair loss, just spell it out for us. What, what exactly have you done? Well, it, it's not uh, uh, an individual effort. It's been a combined effort with uh, myself and my uh, collaborators from uh, uh, Israel, Professor Elias Brecker and Professor Michael and, and Ofa. So what we have uh, been able to identify, you know, there's a, um, it's a type of hair loss which causes permanent hair loss and occurs predominantly in uh, women of African descent, meaning Africans and in African-Americans. So this condition was described in 1968, actually, and they called it the hot comb alopecia because it was described in a series, maybe a handful of women, African-Americans, who were losing their hair after using a hot comb to straighten their hair. I'm sure you remember in the past people used hot comb Absolutely. to tie and soften mm. their hair, yeah. So, uh, it, and the way it presents, uh, it presents with uh, hair loss on the crown of the head, and this spreads uh, peripherally, uh, causing permanent hair loss. Hence, it is called central, centrifugal, uh, meaning spreading outwards. Secatricial is the term for, for, for uh, irreversible, and alopecia is, is hair loss, yeah. So... For, for, for a long time, you know, we've been seeing patients and telling them we don't know precisely what is causing CCTA. We know it's a progressive disease. It's on and off, and it, it causes permanent hair loss, but we didn't know 
what was causing it. And as I say, people were had all sorts of labels saying due to the hot oils, due to relaxers, it's found in people's diabetes. Uh, so when we did this research, we in, I think in 2013, we identified a family of uh, South Africans. I think we had about 30 patients and 50, 14 families. And we found that in these families, all of the members or half of the family members were actually uh, affected by the condition. So we then did biopsies and took uh, 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 histology to find out whether it is what we thought it was. And lo and behold, we found that most of the family members were affected. And what was interesting is that in, the, in this group of South African patients, when it, was, when it was first described, we found that there were like two children. One was about 11 years old, a girl, and another one was about uh, 13 years old. And they had natural hair hair that virgin hair that was never relaxed, never permed, nothing, and yet they had the condition. So immediately the penny dropped that, you know what, it means it cannot be due to all these other postulates that have been referred to. So we then collaborated with uh, Professor Michael from uh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and then we collected a number, about 58 patients, and then uh, we were able to identify this uh, mutation in the PADG3 gene. Okay, so so let, let's get this right. The you're saying the and I welcome callers by the way, people who wish to compliment my guest, the UKZN Professor Moza Glover, that's on the one thing, but also to talk about the issue of hair loss, particularly amongst people of African descent, which is really the, the essence of our discussion. But by my guest is in fact a dermatologist and she's collaborated with a whole lot of other people as well. So so the one part is there are people that suffer from this what you'd call permanent hair loss. Once they lose it, they cannot regain it. Okay, that's the one thing. What you've discovered is you've simply, you, you've discovered the gene that causes that, if I understand that correctly, okay? Yeah, so, right. so just to, to add a little more to what you said, there are numerous causes of hair loss, mm-hmm. and this one is just one of them. This is just one of the other causes, maybe 10 causes of hair loss. Okay, now, now why then is this gene that you've discovered, why is it so significant? Give, give me some context. So, so this gene is, is significant because uh, it, 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 codes, it codes for an enzyme that modifies other proteins that are essential to the formation of the hair shaft. The hair shaft being, you know, our hair, okay? So in normal people, this gene is fine. But in this group of families, Africans, we don't know why in these people there's a defect, uh, there's a mutation, a defect in this gene, which now produces an abnormal protein, which makes the hair to fall off and the hair shaft not to be properly uh, 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 developed. Okay, but now that you've discovered the gene, what happens next? Because I'm I'm expecting in the light of that, you now could hopefully reverse that, right? Yes, that's, a, that's an interesting question, yeah. You know, it's baby steps. The important thing now is that for 50 years, we didn't, know, we didn't even know that this condition is related to a gene mutation. Now we know that. So the next thing now is to find out where, what causes this, what triggers this. And then the second step is to see whether we are able to screen individuals to see whether they've got this defect or not so that we can advise them or even... Uh, use some form of intervention 
And the third step would be actually look at treatment possibilities, therapeutic interventions, uh, to see uh, whether we can now come up with gene therapy or a whole lot of uh, possibilities to try and abort the progression of the disease or even prevent it for that matter. So, so it has been described as, you know, the biggest breakthrough in hair loss amongst African women. It, is that accurate? Is that an overstatement or an understatement? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'd say, I'd be more deaf and say, either way, I think it is a great uh, discovery because CCCA is one of the most common causes of hair loss amongst Africans. And the prevalence is about 2.7%, ranges from 3% to 5.6%. So, uh, and then second to that, there are other causes. But this one is the main, the most common cause of, of, of hair loss in African women. Mm. Let's therefore talk about, you know, when, when you have this hair loss, what, what has happened to these people? I mean, it may not be, I mean, you're a dermatologist, but it may not be something that you're directly involved in away from the, the social impact. But, but if, you, if you know much, I mean, tell, tell us about that. Uh, come again, I didn't get that I was question. saying, uh, when, when these people have had their hair loss, right, or losses across people, across the board, what impact has it had on their lives up to now? Oh, I see. Yeah, well, you know, people may think that hair, you know, it doesn't affect us, it doesn't have any physiological or protective role. In actual fact, it, 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 it has a psychosocial a negative impact on the quality of life of patients because, first of all, they have to put on wigs. You know, the number of people out there who are using wigs, not because they want or they like, but because they're trying to camouflage the hair loss. They have to put on uh, dukes on their hair or hair to try and, and, and cover the hair loss. So it affects patients terribly, and it affects their relationships, sexual relationships, meeting partners, because if you see someone with a wig and then at night they have to take off a wig and find out the whole hair is gone, so it has, it has a great impact. We've actually done a study in South Africa, and we looked at all the women who have, not just women and men who have hair loss, to try and assess the quality of life and how it impacts on the quality of their life. And the score was very high, showing that uh, it affects uh, 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 people who have hair loss in, in a very big way. Because, because it does impact on, on, on self-esteem, I would think, besides Absolutely, other things, right? Yeah. Yes, does, yes. It, does it also prove, uh, does it impact on their health, you know, away from the cosmetic aspect? Does it impact on their health when there's hair loss? Not so much on their health, yeah, not so much, particularly this condition, because besides affecting the hair, it does not affect other systemic organs, even though there are other conditions like lupus or DME that can cause hair loss, but then they also affect the, the internal organs. But this particular one, which is triple CA, it does not affect anything else. Okay, there's a couple of comments, but some parents straighten their infants' hair who are not even a year old from Impo in Cape Town. Okay, Impo got that. If you start using chemicals at children at an early stage, by the time they become teenagers, they lose their hairline. They're just another thought. Now, wish you, would you like to engage with, uh, with my guest? I think you should. She's the UKZN professor, uh, effectively at the Dean of Clinical Medicine, but, but dermatology is, is really her speciality. Um, and as you may have heard, she's been at the helm, really, with other people to help, as she said, as per the biggest breakthrough in hair loss amongst African women, finding the gene that now scores this 
permanent hair loss, not temporary, permanent hair loss amongst women of, of African descent. What are the implications of that? You can engage 0891104207. That's to call in. You have other options. As always, voice notes are welcome. Keep it as low as 30 seconds maximum, please. And that voice note, uh, WhatsApp voice note number 0614 104107, 0614 104107. Uh, you have other options. You can SMS us 40938. And if you're tweeting, it's straight. Use the hashtag first, SFM and then you can take me, Ashraf Ganda, as well as SFM Radio. We will, we will certainly pick it up. So what happens next then? I mean, now, now you've got the gene. You've got this other support. It's been spoken about as this breakthrough. I think there's, there's a rising expectation now. So, so what happens next? Well, as I mentioned, Ashraf, uh, you know, this, this um, research took something like seven years to get to where we are right mm. now to actually identify the gene. So we are now possibly looking at doing more studies to find out um, how can we test, you know, for people who actually have the condition so that we can prevent the progression. So we're looking at what what, what blood test or blood test can we do. And then the second thing is uh, 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 therapeutic intervention, as I mentioned, because any, all the time patients and doctors are looking for cure. So those are the areas that we will be focusing on uh, possible uh, going forward and after. And, uh... and the other one, of course, that can be done is there's a study that we're doing currently to try and educate uh, her studies. Because, you know, as I mentioned, with this condition, it's almost like a silent uh, killer of, uh, of, of uh, uh, hair because patients are usually asymptomatic and this condition is usually picked up by hairstylists. So we need to educate our barbers and hairstylists so that they can see the condition early and refer appropriately. So that's, that's one study that we're doing right now in KZN. And we're hoping that we can get more funding to to educate hairstylists, because I know from experience, you know, sometimes when you go to the salon and you tell tell the hairstylist, this is too tight, don't pull my hair, mm-hmm. and then they, were, they just won't listen. So now we want to say, if the hair, you know, when you braided your hair, there's nothing wrong with braiding, but it must not be tight, and it must not pull your hair. When you've braided your hair, it must feel as if you have not done anything on your hair. That's how loose the braid should be. And in fact, we are want to discourage these days young kids as young as five years. They've got braid extensions, they've got weaves, and that's not acceptable. Young girls should be just have natural short hair. Then that's less costly, economic, and it's not going to affect the, the, the hair loss. Because what happens now, by the, by the time the girls are like teenagers, 15, they've lost so much maybe two centimeters of their hairline. And by the time they are 30, 40% of their hairline is gone. Yeah, well, and that, that has major implications. Absolutely. More to come with my guest, the professor at uh, UKZ, and that's Ngoza Glova, um, in this case here, part of this team, but leading the team that has pioneered this breakthrough in hair loss amongst African women by discovering a gene. And, and as a result, a gene is in GENE, of course. Uh, that could hopefully then help them in terms of finding out how they can arrest this hair loss and maybe even reverse it completely. I would, I would think lots to come out of that right after this. Joburg's biggest inner-city charity art exhibition and sale is coming soon. Get ready for Night of a Thousand Drawings. We've received some awesome art so far, but you can still donate before the end of February. It's all art. Bring it. 
The event is on Saturday, 30 March at Victoria Yards in Josie. Gates open at 4 p.m. for live music, delicious food, and of course, the art. Get your tickets at Web Tickets or go to 1000drawings.co.za for more info. The Red Devils takes on Watford at Old Trafford in a must-win encounter in the Premier League match of the week. It's going to be down to the wire, down to the last few games, definitely. But we've given us a great chance. Javi Gracia and his troops aim to cause an upset against Manchester Giants to secure a spot in the top eight. The same way we carry on after winning, we need to carry on this week and to be focused on the next game. Catch this nail-biting action, Manchester United up against Watford, live on SABC this Saturday at 4.30pm brought to you by SABC Sports for the love of the game If you had a great week of viewing top programmes SABC3 brings you a super lineup on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays Tune in on Friday evenings at 7.30pm for our reality lifestyle programmes Wags and Girlfriends of Sport followed by our sitcom Guys with Kids at 8.30pm Do you want to be a millionaire? Yes? Then do not miss Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on Saturday evenings at 7pm. On Sunday evenings, we bring you part two of Safari Live in our natural history slot at 6.30pm. Great programs all weekend long, only on SABC3. At SAFM Radio and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter. My guest is uh, Professor Ngoza Dloba, the professor at the UKZN, a, a dermatologist who's, uh, who's pioneered now this biggest breakthrough in hair loss amongst African women by discovering a gene that will, I would expect, change things dramatically, radically. Uh, what has been the, the reaction, uh, Prof Dloba? What, what has been the reaction from, you know, two two types of people? One would be people in the... A med- medical and academic fraternity, and the other would be uh, the general public. Mm, well, I think it's been phenomenal that people are people are happy to. Well, if I talk about my colleagues, I've just come back from the American Academy of Dermatology two weeks ago, which was in Washington, and I was invited to present a talk there. And the Americans were just so excited to meet me and see you know, the person who's been involved in this uh, very interesting research because it's something that affects them a lot. And uh, they were thrilled, they were excited. And uh, I mean, you know, you might, I, I think everybody was was excited to get to, to know that at least we can tell our patients something instead of saying we don't know. And I think from at home also, locally, in the university was ecstatic and very proud of our achievements. And of course, uh, the patients were thrilled and uh, to hear that at least we've got something that we can, you know, put our 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 pulse on in terms of this condition. Mm. How I mean, you know, it may not be your job directly. Yours would be from a from a scientific point of view. But but how, how do you see this thing changing things long term? Because I, I would think you know you already said possibly more avenues of funding. I would think therefore at some stage you know these concepts that need to be uh, taken to market. Because it, if it impacts on, on many people in society, at some stage it needs to be marketed well enough so that it has complete societal change, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would hope that it will create some awareness in terms of uh, the management of African hair because we all know that uh, African hair is, is, is curly, is cold, it's fragile. So we need to uh, understand that it has to be handled with care. And I think... 
people realize also now the impact that the use of weeds and tight braids and extensions uh, have on, on the hair. Because what happens with all these uh, the fashionable things that come up, you know, two years go by, five years go by, and then six years or so, or ten years, then you start to see the complications of whatever cosmetic product. Now, and, and, and from my experience, as I mentioned, there's a study that we had performed and we looked at the epidemiology of, of skin conditions in general, both locally and internationally. And if you look at the top five conditions, we had acne, eczema, psoriasis, infections, and pigmentation disorders. And hair loss or hair disorders did not feature at all in the top top 10 conditions. But in the last 10 years, hair loss or, or hair-associated conditions are number five in terms of the most common conditions that are seen by dermatologists. So that tells us something, that something is happening. And besides the CCCA, we are seeing that other conditions that have come up where we think that the use of weaves has actually contributed to and the use of extension. Because African women, especially in South Africa, they used to braid their hair. And of course, tractional alopecia was observed even at that time, but not as much as we see it now and not at an early or younger age. And also CCCA, we hardly saw it because if it was there, the hair would be sparse, but not to the extent that one loses like 80% or 70% of the hair on the scalp. So I'm hoping that this will uh, educate the consumers. They will now understand the adverse uh, impact that uh, harsh and traumatic uh, hair grooming and chemicals have on the hair. Okay, there's a, there's a couple of calls I can take. OH9110407. There's certainly some voice notes that I can take, and that's 0614104107 if you want to send out a voice note. Here's one. Hi, Ashraf. This is Kumbuzu in Devon. Ashraf, I want to ask your guest whether uh, can that invention help uh, uh, the old people, those who, who do not who do not have hair, like uh, on the skull. They are in uh, in Zulu language we call it impandla. So can uh, can this invention help also those people? Okay, that's uh, right. Uh, let's pick up on that, uh, Professor Ngoza Glover. Just, just respond to that. Oh, okay. Thank you, Kumbuso. Uh, yeah, you are right. In Banja, in Zulu, and Tosa, that's what we call it. But um, in English, it's common uh, pattern baldness, or we call it androgenetic alopecia. Androgenetic alopecia is the most common cause of hair loss amongst Caucasians and Asians, particularly the males but even seen commonly. We do see imbanja or androgenetic alopecia or common pattern baldness even in Africans, but it's not so common. So uh, what we're talking about here is kind of different, but in terms of imbanja, there's no treatment really. There are, you know, we can use uh, uh, topical lotions like minoxidil and other uh, uh, testosterone uh, and, and uh, uh, blockers. And now we can actually even do hair transplants in patients who are interested to have common pattern baldness. And I'm, I'm actually happy to also say that uh, I've just come back to the, from the U.S. and we've learned that skill and we will be able to do hair transplants in patients who have, uh, have indications for, for hair transplant. The skill that we have also learned. Okay. Well, is, is there anything else I mean, you want to tell us? Just, you know, we've got a few minutes more to go and maybe time for one more call a bit. But if not, 
anything you want to say in terms of you know the, the science of dermatology and and how you got into it and and why were you why were you drawn to it in the first place? Uh, thanks, Ashraf. I think when I started to join dermatology, there was only one or two African dermatologists. And specifically in, in my province, in, in KZN, there was no African dermatologist at all. So I, I, I felt the need to, to have somebody who has an interest in black skin and hair, somebody who understands the hair, who understands the culture and the background. And that's actually what motivated me to do dermatology. And uh, that was a couple of years ago. But I'm happy to say that uh, 10 years or 20 years down the line, I've been able to train about 30 other African dermatologists who are now heads of departments in, other, in various places. So that, 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 that was a drive because I felt that there was nobody who understands uh, skin and hair amongst the Africans. All right. It, and, and then going forward in terms of your own ambitions, uh, you know, okay, this obviously this breakthrough then, I would think serves to, uh, you know, give you even further momentum, certainly. But but I, I would think even beyond that, are there any other big goals and, and, and dreams you have in terms of resolving society's problems? Uh, well, um, I think I'm somebody who's very passionate about uh, uh, public education. So one of my goals is to ensure that we convey the messages, we educate our consumers and public on how to look after hair and skin, uh, the second one is to train more blacks, more and more people actually, uh, to, to specialize in dermatology. And the third one, my one of my ambitions was to learn how to do hair transplants, which I've done now, and I'm hoping that I will share this skill with other dermatologists. And the last one would be possible to uh, have products that are developed because we have the know-how, we've got the science, we've got the expertise, uh, products that are meant for African hair and the products that will be also uh, be suitable for the type of hair that Africans have, which is hard, soft, and difficult to manage. Uh, that's probably my last one, and hopefully it will be coming up soon. Okay. I, what are you, what, what are we, just, just the last thing, you know, you know that in terms of South Africa's divide, public and, and, and private health care, th- there's still, you know, tremendous amount of skepticism uh, about the quality of our health care in our country. Now, I'm looking at your example. I'm looking at uh, the professor who's been able to deliver that, that uh, the operation. Uh, that's a Professor uh, Chifularo, of course, who's delivered that operation around the middle ear uh, with 3D print, right? I mean, I'm suggesting that's not isolated. I'm, I'm suggesting it reflects the, the, the tremendous amount of talent we have in our country and, and our people just need to appreciate a lot more of that. Yes, yes, Ashraf. I mean, I like that. I think we should never undermine ourselves. We, we are, we've got great scientists in South Africa. We've got great leaders. We've got great people. We just have to find those people, support them, and, and make sure that they flourish and we bring the best out of them. So, so, so we should never undermine ourselves. We are at power with global scientists and global researchers, and uh, there's a lot more. And I've got a lot of a great belief in the young people, and one of my, my passions really is to invest in medical students and registrars and empower them, support them, nurture them, and make sure that we create the right temperature for them to bloom and to, 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 to flourish. Okay, that's where we're going to leave it. Well, great talking to you. Love to speak to winners. I always say when you win, South Africa wins, so it's an obvious connection between your success and the country's as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, that's Professor Moza Dlova, the uh, Kwasnitz Natal University's Dean of 
clinical medicine, but speciality very much in the space of uh, dermatology. And as you clearly may have heard, uh, putting together something in terms of discovering a gene uh, that is amongst people of African descent that is a major cause of permanent hair loss. And now that they found the gene, well, the next thing is to get the antidotes to order that and, uh, and to try and reverse that trend. So thank you so much for your time. Now, with that in mind, I think the natural segue as we talk about innovation in the last 10 minutes of the show is, is a fascinating program called Grad Stein. I think grad certainly means graduation. Let's get more about it right after this.